0: Modular Seattle and Patchworks present Velocity 2022, August 27th, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. at the substation in Seattle. It is going to be a trade show. There will be seminars, workshops, and performances. Who are our main headliners? We have Richard Define, Daedalus, Lisa Belladonna, Bad Snacks. We also have got Walker Farrell, Triple RC 106 Todd Barton, Patricia Wolf, and so many more. Also, a live popular podcast featuring headliners Richard Devine, Lisa Belladonna, and Daedalus. So if you want to come in and have a bunch of fun in Seattle, you should definitely go to Velocity Seattle dot com for tickets that's velocity seattle for tickets check out the link in the show description this is gonna be a real fun show guys i promise like have i ever let you down before have i ever lied to you not intentionally i'll tell you that <sighs> anyways velocity Seattle's gonna be a good time have i mentioned how much fun it's gonna be it's gonna be fun
1: Welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name's Tim Held and I am super, super pumped to have my good pal Madeline Kokolis back on the show. Madeline first appeared on PodMod in 2020 Um, and she has a new album out called Spectral that will be out on the 15th, but you can do a pre-order now and uh, I believe by the time this is aired, there will be three tracks available. However, if you're not familiar with Madeline, you should definitely go back and check out her entire catalog. She's one of my favorite um, electronic musicians or just musicians um, of probably the past like 10, 15 years. Um, She has uh, released two EPs under my my little digital label that sometimes still does stuff, uh, Self Center Records. So I'll link those as well in the show description. But um, we have a really great chat and uh, turns out that Madeline is super into field recording lately and I wasn't really aware of that until just last night when I was listening to the album for the first time and so you know that made me just totally nerd out so we will be talking uh field recording quite a bit but not within not not to an annoying level within the context of her record um it's just funny how sometimes like I don't know. I, I'm currently, I've, the, like one of my more recent releases, the, the hydrophone seal recording song, um, that, you know, was one of my early field recording uh, tracks. And the one that I'm actually working on with Hugo at Tiny Crush Mixing, um, heavily heavily features a uh, a recording i did when i was down in san francisco so this this conversation came at a great time um especially since i uh, i'm actually going camping tomorrow for the weekend and of course i'm bringing my field recorder the boy but uh it's also uh even more kismet in the context of this episode because this episode is when i will be playing that track that i had hugo at tiny crush mixing uh mix for me um Like like I've been detailing this experience, it's been uh, a great learning experience and uh, an overall just super positive experience and fun to collaborate with somebody and pick up some new tricks and, um, you know, just kind of see things from another perspective, especially a perspective that is uh, well-trained and, uh, you know, a master of the craft of mixing. so yeah, I'm going to play that at the end of the episode, so I hope you uh, hope you stick around to check that out. Also, um, I should mention that uh, the production of a track does not end with the mix, of course you have to have it mastered. And I'm sure you know where this is going, but of course I had it mastered by Nathan Moody over at Obsidian Sound. So um, you know, maybe you need a track mixed and mastered, well I highly recommend going through the Hugo to uh, Nathan Moody uh, pipeline, the Tiny Crush to Obsidian Sound pipeline, because now I have this beautiful finished track um, that I'm super happy with. It's maybe not beautiful, actually, though, because I, uh, I kind of channel my, uh, my inner Phil Elvrum of Mount Erie or my inner sun um, at some parts, and I try to go for, like, a deer hoof type thing at the end. It doesn't sound anything like deer hoof. Um, so it's kind of like an Eno to Mount Erie, Sun to Deer Hoofy kind of track and I used a lot of really really nasty distorted guitars and I used drums uh, or, uh, I used uh, chopsticks for drumsticks or for you know, I was playing them on my desk um, I even beat a pillow with uh, a drumstick that I wrapped foam around for a bass drum and that's where Hugo really really like took what I did and elevated it because Let's be honest. You know, hitting a hitting a pillow with a with a drumstick with some foam on it is not equal to a kick. But he was able to make it sound like a legitimate kick drum. That sounds really good. So I was really happy with that. Um, and just overall nice balancing of all the different frequencies. Because I put him through the ringer as far as frequencies goes. I gave him so much just noisy distortion. But uh, if you've been following my work. For the last few years, you know that's that's kind of where I like to spend my time um, in the nasty, noisy area. But it's pretty for a while. Um, so yeah, Hugo really helped me realize this vision. So just once again, I want to say thanks to Hugo um, at Tiny Crush Mixing for uh, helping me on this track, and uh, yeah, just just helping me learn so much about the mixing process. And uh, also thank you to. Nathan Moody over at Obsidian Sound for mastering the track. And once again, we will be listening to that at the end of this episode. And rest assured, we are getting to this episode shortly. But before we get there, I just want to say thank you to Patchwork Seattle for their continued support of Podular Modcast. You know, they were my earliest sponsor, and I believe they started sponsoring the show Like from the very beginning I'd have to double check that But I know it was If it wasn't the first episode It was very close Um So my eternal gratitude Not only for their support of the show But also just for being such an amazing store That I um It's a double-edged sword that I don't live closer, especially now moving to Tacoma. But if I lived closer, it it might be dangerous. Um, But it's just close enough to where I can go and check it out and hang out with all the lovely people who work there and peruse their extraordinarily expansive showroom. Um, I am willing to bet that it is, if it's not the biggest modular shop, I mean, it has other things, you know, regular synth stuff and studio equipment. But if it's not the biggest modular shop in the United States, it's in the top three. And if it's not the biggest in the world, it's in the top five. But it might be square footage wise, I don't know. All this is to say, if you're ever up in the Pacific Northwest, you should definitely make a special trip in to say hello to everybody and uh, just to see how cool the shop is. Um, And if you're not going to be in the Pacific Northwest anytime soon, you're in luck. You can head over to Patchworks.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com for all your synthesizer needs. Also want to say thank you to After Later Audio for their continued support of the show and my recent employment which aren't necessarily connected. Um, But if you want to learn more about their modules, you can head to the Afterlater YouTube page where I've been uploading uh, demos for the various modules. I've got a lot of really great uh, Ornament and Crime demos up already and more to come there. I'm working on a Pachinko, which is a a mutable marbles clone, but it's much smaller. Um, So, yeah, keep an eye out for all of that. And you can head over to afterlateraudio.com to check out their a wonderful selection. And to the thousands, I mean, probably tens of thousands by this point, um, Tim held heads out there, the real, like the real deal, like, you know, you know, like maybe start stalking me type. Just know that if you get an after later audio module, there's like a 95% chance that I calibrated it. I'm probably like the most humble person in the world okay and the last thing i will say during this intro is that the last two tracks that you heard have heard since the uh, the theme song have both been off of madeline's new album spectral and i am going to try to do a crazy remix of one using a specific piece of gear that comes up in the show later on um so yeah that's about it please 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 go check out maddie's music if you're not Familiar because she is, um, she's one of the, one of the best things that's happening right now. Um, Just incredibly talented, makes all the right decisions, mixing wise, where to place notes, all the stuff. Um, So yeah, let's get into our chat. The return of Madeline Kekulis. And we are live with Maddie. I am so excited to have you back on. Um, So excited
2: to be here. Thank you.
1: Yeah. um, I think, well, if the listener, if you're new and you haven't listened to uh, Maddie's first appearance on the show, uh, Maddie and I go way back to probably 2015-ish, where the only time we ever met in person... Was for like two seconds at the end of uh, a show that I did, where I did a live scoring of the movie Predator, um, and then we became like internet pals. And I was start I started up Self Center Records, and you were so kind. I was actually thinking about it last night, just like, oh man, I hope I, I'm I'm sure you don't think this, and and even if you did, you, you you probably wouldn't say. But I'm like, I hope she doesn't feel like she wasted those records by releasing them just digitally on my small little label. Oh
2: are you joking okay firstly yeah the way we met was exactly that um but then i ran up afterwards and fangirled you and was like that was amazing and Um,
1: honestly when i found out that was you because i thought i i'd heard of you before and when i put it together that it was you that like made me like that was a huge compliment i was like holy
0: (laughs) shit yeah yeah
2: no it was like super incredible and I actually remember when I got um your message saying oh would you be interested in releasing and I know exactly where I was I was in a cab and I was in New York and I was like so excited I was with my husband Greg and I'm like oh my god and he's like that's really that's really cool so no it was super cool like I love those albums I love that we got to release together it's
1: yeah it's brilliant yeah um And I'm just it was also such a cool thing for me because I was asking a lot of friends who I who I really liked and, you know, like friends in the Seattle scene who I thought were great, you know, artists, but, you know, I knew they would be down because they were my buddies. But you and I Mm. were more like acquaintances via chats and stuff. And uh, yeah, Yeah, so that you were like my big fish.
2: (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome i don't know if i've ever been a big fish before <laughs>
1: <laughs> well and it just like it the timing was so was so poor for when we met because you like you said you were in new york you ended up moving to, to new york shortly after we met and then now you're back yeah. in australia um and yeah. then we were gonna hang out just the, before the pandemic because you were you guys yes. had come stateside and you all got yes. super sick so it we, was we didn't just, actually it was just me oh it was just you okay
2: yeah, and I was really but, sick and it was bad and it was in
1: a hotel
2: sick. room. Yeah, it was just uh, I know, like I know. I still think of that and go, Wow, I wish I hadn't have got sick and we actually would have been able to meet in person, which we still mm-hmm. haven't done. But I it's know. gonna happen. It's gonna yes, happen. Yes, I you. hope
1: so. Because next time it you will. come to Washington, uh, Hannah and I bought a house. It's in Tacoma, but we have this lovely it. house. Yeah with a spare bedroom with a full well, oh. a queen size bed and there's a bathroom downstairs. So if you and the fam need a place to crash, you can always come and stay with us. We could do a little cookout in the backyard and stuff.
2: That actually sounds absolutely amazing. Absolutely. That'd amazing. be so
1: fun. Done. Um, it would be fun. So, okay. So the listener is now caught up on, on Maddie and I's history. Um, but, <laughs> Yeah, as you know, I'm just such a huge fan of everything you do. And uh, every new release seems to be uh, still Maddie, but still fresh, like it's a new thing. And um, just seeing like the, the the rollout of this album has been so cool. I mean, you got The Wire.
2: <gasps> yeah. Wire that, that, was talking well about like yeah. that.
1: How does that? That's got to feel great.
2: That felt, yeah, really amazing. And I guess it's that thing where and I think I've spoken about this before, that idea that, well, you know, I put something out and it's it's as you know, like it's sometimes really hard to put something out because you're very vulnerable and you go, I'm putting this out because I I think this is Well, this expresses what I need it to express. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's always really hard because you have that point of vulnerability where, you know, if it gets trashed, you're going to feel, like, horrible. But, you Mm -hmm. know, when you do get a little bit of validation, it does feel amazing. And I wish it wasn't the case. Like, I wish I was like, oh, I didn't know I was in the wire. Uh, Oh, really? But, like, I do know. And it does mean, you know, it does mean something to me. Even if I don't really, you know... I'd prefer it didn't, but it does, and it's very yeah. cool. You know, it's yeah. it's really cool.
1: You've got the magic touch. I mean, I mean, obviously, because the the music is great, but you've had you've had such great outlets give you such great praise. Like you got the NPR uh song of the was it the song of the week or song of the month off of Ithaca? Uh, it, yeah,
2: it, it was it was one of the albums of the month. There were a, multiple ones that absolutely uh-huh. blew me away. Like yeah. I think the thing that makes me just so excited is not. You know, necessarily that, um, what we, I think it's the fact that I'm like, wow, I have no idea how people are finding my music and, and listening to my music. And the idea that someone over the other side of the world is listening to my music and it's connecting to them, uh-huh, like that uh-huh. to me is that's it. Like, you know, I mean, getting really nice press is awesome, but just this idea that other people are listening and it connects, like they find a connection uh-huh. with it to me, that is, oh my gosh, it's totally mind blowing. I'm really yeah. sorry about this stinging. Can you hear <laughs> it's okay. dinging? I don't know oh, it's how to handle it.
1: It's very faint. Okay. It's fine. I think uh, okay. it adds to the to the fly to on the, the um... wall aspect of the listener. You know. Um,
2: right. Because you know, there's also it's my pretty co- raw. Because like... <laughs> 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 it's also I don't know if you could hear a really weird sound. Um, a a it like sounds like sound. people
1: are like dropping mar like marbles on a countertop yeah. or something.
2: Do you know what it is? It's my crazy dog. No, it's my dog. And it's got like a, um, a goat horn and he's just gets really excited about this goat horn and he's like running around the house. I apologize. It's just all happening here.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, going back to like the, the, the getting like, not only like the, the good praise, but something that you mentioned that, that really resonates with me is like, I've had like, you know, I've had some write- ups here and there and had mm-hmm. had praise. but I think the thing that means the most to me is exactly what you said is when someone maybe reaches out through a DM or something or or if it's within the review that somebody really like either gets what I felt like I was trying to convey or got something out of it that was meaningful to them. And yeah. like you said, just the fact that people would take the time to listen to the thing that you make is so, yeah, it's re- very That's- rewarding.
2: That's absolutely, I 100% agree. Like, you know, um, and like you said, absolutely. If I get a DM from someone that said, you know, this, I, you know, I really loved this piece of music, it made me feel whatever, that to me is just golden, worth, like, a thousand reviews mm-hmm. to have like someone just really the, just the connection is like mm-hmm. so important and exactly what you said like I don't it's not about whether something's good or bad like you know who cares like that doesn't that's so arbitrary like I don't believe in mm-hmm. good music and bad music it's just it's nonsense but it's like that idea that you create something that someone is going to um enjoy or you know it's going to resonate with them and like you said like There is no more valuable resource someone can give you than their time. So Mm -hmm. when I find out anyone takes their time to listen to my music, that always blows me away. Like I I never ever um assume that people are gonna listen to my music. Like that, you know, there's like so much amazing stuff out there. So, you know, just someone having taken the time to listen to the album, I'm like, wow, like that. Thank you. That's
1: yeah. That's Incredible. you just that's, hit. That's a, you just hit the the nail on the head of what I wanted to add to it. It's just, um, you know, not only are people taking the time, but especially now when there is, you know, you know, when we were kids growing up, there were a handful of outlets that we got all of our information yes. and songs from, and now it's just everything is so broad. So and yes, and there's yes. so many other artists out there vying for everyone's time. So when they yeah. do take time for you, that is, it's it's especially. Uh, nice and yeah
2: oh it really is yeah and I think it's just something that I'll never take for granted like Mm -hmm. it it is yeah and there really is so much amazing music like so much like so many people doing such cool things
1: yeah yeah have you had a lot of I mean I know that the album comes out what Friday right
2: yeah so in a week today yeah Yeah. so actually a week, week of the day for you yeah
1: a week and a day from oh okay so cool so at at the time of this recording it will be out by the end of the week and um wait I thought you said it wasn't it the ninth I thought no, somewhere on the, it said the ninth oh okay okay so I'm off but either way at the end of this week because this yeah. will come out Monday um, yeah. or Tuesday then the album will be out but you can all you can get up there and pre-order on Bandcamp and listen to one song I believe right.
2: I think it's two now and I think there's a single coming out soon on the ninth, which is probably, yeah. So there might be a few. That might be what it was. Yeah. Yeah. There'll probably be a few up there. Um, Okay.
1: Well for anyone who is new to, uh, to Maddie's stuff, then I keep calling her Maddie, but it's Madeline. Um, uh, If you look her up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I remember like asking you that actually, just to go back to, this doesn't even, this is probably something that doesn't, interest the reader but just between you know for for like me and you i remember wanting to call you maddie like through yeah. chatting because it was shorter yeah. and i'm a nickname giver so i remember being like can I, can I call you maddie and you were like oh i prefer it and it was just yeah it was just it was a kind of a sweet moment um <laughs> but yeah for anybody listening who who doesn't uh know maddie's stuff before that new record is fully released i highly recommend you you go and check out all of all of her stuff um that cascadia is still a record that i spend constantly it's one of my favorite records um
2: it's oh, just, just yeah so
1: good um okay i do i want to dive into this this new one and i i have i want to go nerdy i want to go gear talk i want to go so many different directions with this um <laughs> But the first thing that really stuck out to me, and I'm going to mm-hmm. put this in context of how I uh, approached listening to it for the first time, is with when you release something, I feel like there's always some sort of um, kind of conceit to it, or not conceit, um, like some sort of like, not a theme even, but you have, it's not just making music, you always have some like, kind of basal thing whether you're doing it for dance mm. or you're doing you know like you've done uh, you're using specific for like lunar you use all those those space recordings and um so with this one going in i was i was wondering what that was going to be and for me it seems like the kind of the through line of it which i was really excited about is field using field recordings
0: yes um so, and recording the around mm.
1: the surrounding world yeah
2: yeah. So you're absolutely right. Like normally when I write something, I like to have like a purpose. I just, I'm, it makes me more focused and it's just kind of how I like to do it. And with, with Spectral, um, that's the name of the new album, um, it was something where over the past couple of years, and I'm not going to like I'm not going to name anything, but, you know, over the past couple of years when things were a bit different (laughs) um, and basically I was, like other people, just sticking very much close to home, um, just my surroundings, like a small patch of area around where I live and I'd go on, you know, my walks and then I... It was kind. Of, it was very sort of to alleviate just. Well, it wasn't even to alleviate stress. I just found that what I had is like I just had my phone on me, so it was literally just my phone. So mm-hmm. that's half the gear I use for it, and I just <laughs> take a recording of the walk, and then I because when I was walking, I knew I was recording. It made me kind of just really focus on the sounds around me as well, which made me feel. I don't know, like taking a big, deep breath rather than kind of being all in my head. I'm, uh-huh. like, I'm just going to really focus really intensely. And it wasn't very exciting. I mean, it was just people driving cars or, you know, machines. Like it's it's nothing exotic or anything. It was just kind of all these recordings. And I do this like quite a lot. And, um, you know, a couple of times we managed to get out of Brisbane and, you know, we went to the beach. So there's a couple of recordings of the beach. There's storms. There's just like it was this period where I was taking tons of field recordings on my phone and I didn't know why I was doing it it just felt like something I needed to do I didn't have any sort of purpose and then I just felt this kind of urge to kind of process everything so I started putting these things together and then the album came together reasonably quickly I said that like within six months of starting to really put these things together um and so that's what it is it's kind of a reflection of how i felt at a moment in time with a deep focus on the sounds i was listening to like daily sounds
1: Mm -hmm. that's so funny that
2: kind of yeah Mm. yeah
1: you just described so um i i recently got super into field recording um and got you know Mm. like a really really nice Field recorder with the, you know, it's got like I've got a, oh. a shotgun mic on it. I've even got like a little pistol oh. grip for it. So, oh my um,
2: goodness!
1: Yeah, it's it's out of hand. I got a hydrophone for underwater. I got a geophone for seismic activity. It's it's I'm I'm, go, I'm going just ham on this. Um,
2: oh, I love that.
1: So yeah, that was like why one of the reasons when I started listening and noticing that that was a theme I was getting, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Um, I cannot wait to talk to Maddie about field recording. Um, but more on what you were saying with the walks. Mm. when we first moved here, um, you know, I my I work mostly from home um, or in the evening, so I would you know getting to know the neighborhood, I'd want to go for a walk and I started recording, my walks, uh, with the field recorder, kind of the same thing as you with no, like no purpose or it was, and, uh, and yeah, so uh, hold on, let me put a pin in that. I'm going to come back to that part of the story, but just last night I was actually talking to Hannah, um, about how, I just don't have, because I just started working more for After Later Audio, the synth company and my teaching is really picked up. Like I don't have a whole lot of free time to do what, like my, my stuff. Mm. Um, and so what I've been doing is actually sitting on the front porch with my field recorder and just listening at night to the the sounds oh. of the neighborhood. And I still don't know what that's for or why I'm doing it, but it still is a creative process for me and it's very soothing and Jeez. I really love it. Um, so yeah, I was just talking to Hannah about that last night, just like, I, I don't even know what it exactly it's for, but I just, that it it feels creative to me. Um, that but yeah, going
2: literally around. Literally exactly <laughs> what my album is about. <laughs> I love,
1: I know. And I love that. That's why I was like, cause I, I asked, a, I asked if you wanted to talk about this before I knew that, Cause I'd only listened to the one track. Yeah. I hadn't listened to the whole thing and I knew the album was coming out soon. So I was like, well, okay, well, we got to mm-hmm. get Maddie on to talk about it. And then when I started listening to it last night, after I had that yeah. conversation with Hannah, it was just kind of like, Oh, this is so cool. I can't wait. <gasps> I can't wait to That's chat tomorrow. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think like, so walking around my neighborhood with the, 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 the recorder, it totally takes you out of your head because I am yeah. trying to get, I wanted to like, I feel like we all get to know the street names and the landmarks, you know, and even the smells. If you live like by a pulp mill or by a a bread making factory, you know, you get to know Mm. these like sensory things about your neighborhood. But I don't think sound is usually one unless it's like a, a specific place that makes the same sound. So I wanted to like do the same walk and record the same walk and actually try to get to know. The sounds of
2: oh, Yes, my like a neighborhood sound as map well. or something. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I've always for the last few years been very like interested in maybe we've talked about this or I've talked about it on the show, but I wanna like find a, a loop that you can walk around that maybe takes like five minutes and then do that loop a number of times, or maybe have a loop that you do for a couple minutes, like a verse chorus, verse bridge thing <sighs> with like a walk. And then like put a map oh, out and have that. people listen to the, I don't know. I just, but then you start getting deep into that. this, yeah. this field recording stuff and you're like, who, who's this for? what are, you know?
2: No, but you know what? It's, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I really actually need to, maybe not on this show, but I need to pick your brain about your field recording equipment because like I said, because I was just doing this and I was using my phone and I'm like a huge fan of these phones because they're so portable and you don't have Mm -hmm. to like even think, oh, I'm going to record. I might just hear something and just whip it down and just record it. But what Mm -hmm. it does mean is the quality is fine but not amazing. So you're not getting all that detail. Um, Mm -hmm. So then another part of what I would do is like, so all my field recordings are really heavily processed, like really Mm. like a lot, like a lot of time manipulation, like mostly like slowed down or sped up so that they're like really rhythmic and they become like a loop or something. Okay, I just, I do love, yeah.
1: That was one thing I did want to ask about how, Mm. like you just, you just so masterfully like seated the field recordings into where they were like they're not they're not the foreground and people who don't really know about field field recordings may not pick up on the fact that it's kind of a through line through the whole thing and i thought that was really well done and and you processed them in such a way that it was hard for me to tell when they were or weren't like i could just tell you just mixed them in so nicely
2: yeah, I mean, and I did, um, yeah, they're super heavily processed. So one of my favourite ones is um, on a track called Presence, which isn't um, available at the moment, but it starts with this, like, you know, really deep a thud, like, mm-hmm. and these thuds are actually um, one night in summer, uh, I think, yeah, last year, there were these crickets. Do you hear crickets? Yeah. In Tacoma? Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. There were no, not really loud
1: more out in the country not so much in the city uh, around here but we, yeah, yeah we more. get
2: like loads of crickets here in brisbane like in in summer and so mm-hmm. i recorded them and it was like this loud sound. but then when i like slowed it right down it was so intense like there were these like huge thuds so then i guess I, I probably i would have slowed it down i would have eq'd it to kind of boost the bass frequencies taking out the highs um maybe put a compressor or something over it, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it becomes kind of like a huge kick drum so yeah. wow, it doesn't sound. And, yeah and no one necessarily is going to know or needs to know but exactly. things like yeah. i know i know mm-hmm. and i and it, it does be, i think it does give it a quite organic feel so even if you don't know what the things um recordings are being used for it it does to me feel quite organic and um tethered and less sort of obviously electronic than mm-hmm. other stuff, even though it, is, like, to me, I'm like, it's all electronic because it's completely processed field record. Like, so you start with the field recording, that you turn it into something completely mm-hmm. different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think also to kind of go back to like you mentioning it, how electronic it is, it is, but at the same time, I feel like something you've always been really good at. And I feel like you're, you're getting better or not. I don't know if better is the right word, but you're mm-hmm. honing this, this skill of, um, Being able to kind of straddle the line of like contemporary, uh, you know, composer, you know, contemporary classic, Mm. classical to ambient. And then even, and this is where I like really feel like you shine the brightest is being able to do this ambient, nice, pretty stuff, but bring us into a really, really harsh territory for a little bit Mm. and like get a little intense. Like there's a couple of moments on the album where I was like, this is metal. You know, like mm. this is this is what I think metal is, you know, like I yeah, want to do. I, I, I know, out the guitar and, and I love
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of that there's a couple of songs that get pretty intense. And I know that there's a storm in there as well mm-hmm. for one of them. Um, I think and then I let it fall apart, which gets really noisy at the end. And you know, just like all the frequencies that are available in a recording of a storm, like you can really play those up so much like you can kind of you know maybe duplicate the recordings and then you know put distortion on one and then just bump up the highs so yeah it it was um but yeah i i really like that too and i guess i yeah if i listen to really old stuff a lot of it's like very pretty and I do love piano I guess this is another thing I did with this album is sometimes I'm like oh I don't want to do piano too much I'm trying to move away from piano but honestly like this album has tons of piano in it and I was just really feeling that and I was like you know what rather than consciously go oh I don't want to do that I thought I'm just going to do what feels right and not think about what should or shouldn't be done or be like existential and, oh, what direction do I want to head in now? And then Mm -hmm. it it does feel like a really nice direction. But I do have a very soft spot for those super loud moments and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely am going to explore that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, which I love because, you know, like when you look li- like, like Cascadia has those moments, too. But well, you mm-hmm. know, like at, at its opening, even w- and with Spectral and Cascadia, I feel like the opening is just like, oh, this is going to just be a nice, like warm warm hot spring in the middle of nature that I can just lay in for an hour and just relax. But then, you know, at a certain point yeah. you start getting a little bit of an earthquake, but it's never enough yeah. to like that. You're worried. You're not going to get out of the tub. You're not going to get out of the hot spring, but um, yeah, you've got a good way of taking like harsh noises, but EQing them in a way where it's, it's never grading, which I always like. I, I think you and I are similar in that. Like I really like to blend beauty with, with just like, intensity um you had a real good way of not make of of keeping it intense but without it being too harsh on the ears like mixing wise
2: oh that's awesome because sometimes I think I I do wonder if I don't go far enough because I listen to other artists um and oh gosh like just so like relentless Mm-hmm. And I, I love like I love it, but it's just so relentless. And I, I remember I've been to gigs where I've been like white knuckling the seat, going, Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> um but then I realised I, I love it, but when I just don't know at the moment if I have that it's weird because I'm like, for me there becomes a point where I have to tap out. Um, and that's probably the point in my music where that intensity will sort of subside or something. Uh, so maybe it's just exposure therapy. Maybe yeah, I just maybe. Need to listen to more and just <laughs> keep going.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I love that you said tap out because you reminded me of something that, um, I wanted to talk about, but probably would have forgotten, but that is the perfect way to describe how you exit these moments, because a lot of these moments that get intense on the new album, when you exit them, it is abrupt. And it brings you right back into that nice calm pool, but like the the end of it is almost more jarring than the actual intensity. Yeah. And to me, that is just so interesting the way that you because you did it a few times, so I could tell you were really yeah. like feeling that mode. Of, I was of, really like, feeling exit. that. I know
2: exactly what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> and and it, no, but I just I was like, oh, I never I never occurred to me that you could just like shh, like just completely like chop it off like no tails no reverb tails just an abrupt like it's over and I just you did that so effectively it's just nice work oh
2: thank you you. I think I did it once and then I was like wow I love this because it's literally that idea of silence is deafening so like Mm -hmm. you said it's like from Mm -hmm. so much to then nothing and you're like oh oh my god like it's yeah there's something very intense about um yeah going from yeah, something huge to nothing and then like, yeah. what do, what happens next? What does that mean? And you still got something sort of, are you imagining the ringing in your ears or yeah.
1: So, well, it's, you know, so when I, um, when I like to give an album, my full attention, what I usually do is put it on my headphones, like as I lay down to go to bed, because if I start listening to an album with the intent of listening to it, I will listen to the whole thing and not be able to fall asleep, but I will, kind of dip into some of the, you know, like that liminal state, you know, where you're kind of between mm-hmm. waking and dreaming, but you're still there, but it's just kind of this weird, this weird space. And it also helps if I do take a, you know, like an edible before bed or something. Um, Damn. and then, uh, so it was funny. Those, those parts <laughs> that happened, uh, those, those couple times, I was in one of those liminal states and I like abruptly, took me back to full consciousness when it ended. So it it was just like a really cool, like reverse of the way you would think it would be. I was like-
2: Wow, that is cool.
1: I was kind of in, I was like out of it during the, and then I felt like that almost became part of my environment, like just the noise of my environment. So when it disappeared, I felt like, something was like stripped away from like my being yeah. in a weird way. And it was just wow, like, like you're exposed cool. or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's was awesome. like, that was, yeah, it was such a, such a cool, cool way to experience the album. So, mm.
2: you know, that's actually my absolute favorite way to listen to albums as well. Like if I get, like if there's an album that I really want to listen to um, and yeah, block everything out and give it my full attention, yet rather than sit during the day and kind of, you do that um absolutely when I go to bed and having that moment because isn't it magical that moment between you're awake and asleep what did you call a a luminal
1: liminal state I think that's a Carl Jung term I think
2: okay right it's just like um that's probably my favorite state of being just that just that that state and then to listen to things it's like just to basically experience it it doesn't Mm -hmm. sound it, it just it's like feels like an all body. And I love that. That's my favorite way to experience music.
1: Yeah. And it's like you said, like just sitting, it's so, I think there's so many things vying for our attention, kind of going back to our early earlier uh, part of the conversation, you know, not just, but not just with art, but with work and, you know, your relationships and keeping up with your emails and you've got your children and, you know, like, so it's like, even if you do like on a drive or something, you know, listen, or even on a walk, you still have other input. But I feel like when you're Mm. in bed with your eyes closed and you're comfortable, headphones on, like it's got your undivided attention. Undivided
2: Um, attention, because that's the other, yeah, because I do listen to music in the car. But, yeah, it's you're in the car to get to a destination, so you've kind of got that. And then uh when you get there, you turn it off. And it just is so, I don't know, disconnected. It feels like a really disconnected way of listening which is fine like you, you know yeah. it, it's fine but yeah if you want to really do it but that's that's the isn't that the ultimate headphones mm-hmm. lights out lying in totally. bed totally yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: I especially feel like and like and like the music that you and I both make I don't know really maybe some of my earlier stuff with beats on beats in it would be excluded from this but I think we don't make car music really because like no, there's yeah. there's so there are moments of quiet and there's like there's just really fine detail to the, but it's nuanced yeah. and that's hard to pick yeah. that up with all the other sounds around and stuff.
2: Exactly. So. I was going to say, yeah, the devil's in the detail. Mm-hmm. And totally. it's those details that are the beauty that's what it, or the beauty is. Um, mm-hmm. And people, other people like specializing, you know, huge grand gestures and that's, it's so um, like, With music that has big grand gestures, it's easy to enjoy that music in many different scenarios because it's like, you know, it's, um, well, I don't, know, I don't want to say obvious, but it, I don't mean it's just more sort of accessible. But if you're doing something that's like very minute, um, yeah, you, you need, and I, it's also like with headphones, like just with the panning, just little things like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: exactly. You, yeah. And mm-hmm. people,
2: and that's the other thing, just going back to people appreciate, like me appreciating when people listen, people don't need to listen to music that's going to have hidden details the whole way through like that you know, it's a little bit in, in, self-indulgent to, to do that oh my god I constantly like wonder about do, that you know. yeah but you know when people do and they do listen to those details it's just even more like I'm just even yeah so grateful because it doesn't necessarily have those huge grand gestures, gestures of um uh accessibility that mm-hmm. other music has so yeah
1: yeah. And kind there's of along good. this along this line of just talking about your record and and what we're talking about I feel like you know the details have always been so important for your record but I feel like that's especially so with this one and correct me if I'm wrong but is this maybe like overall your most like chill? Like even though it has these moments of intensity I feel like there's a real like softness and and kind of quietness and mm-hmm. um, I won't, I don't want to say minimal, but almost like, I, I can't, yeah. Im- I bet you're like most, the most tracks in any part of the song, I can't imagine exceeds like 10, but unless yeah. you're doubling a bunch of stuff or, or something like that, but like, was that also an intent or was that something that just naturally happened?
2: Yeah, I absolutely hundred percent agree with that. I think it just naturally happened, but the way the album evolved um I agree I totally agree and I think it's kind of my most cohesive album which Mm -hmm. probably makes so it's like definitely kind of one sort of vibe throughout and Mm -hmm. I think that's different to my previous albums that have been a little bit more varied um Mm -hmm. and this is Yeah, it does feel way more cohesive and it does feel, I mean, when we were describing the album, I think I sort of described it as like a deep stillness. So Mm -hmm. you totally hit the nail on the head there. It it is kind of about this like deep stillness and this like absolute observation of details Um, because that's really what, you know, going on these walks and being in this sort of state of, um, I don't want to say the l word but lockdown you know that, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what it that's what it is it's this intense um observation of okay what is around me? like what is around me how do i mm-hmm. perceive this So it really is that
1: yeah um, and I, I i think that's like you know going into the lockdown and everything and having and like now that we're getting some space from it even though it's not totally yeah. over like the whole thing but yeah. um We all knew it was going to ripple through every facet of life. And Mm -hmm. I was often wondering like what is like how is art going to reflect this? Because you know, it was always like there's always the 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 fear or the 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 wonder of like, okay, are people just gonna be so fatigued on this Mm -hmm. pandemic thing that having any sort of like art about it will be just tiring. And I, I actually think it's the opposite. I feel like we have enough distance between that initial time to where we can express it after it's been kind of digested. And I think like y- your this album is a perfect distillation of that. And, and what's cool about it is like, you know, talking with some friends is that some, you know, one of my friends who's very, very social was just talking to me last night feeling like, I don't know if it's because, you know, over the past two years, we we haven't had as much social interaction, but I'm just feeling very like fatigued by the social action, mm. the amount of social action I mm. used to, you know, thrive on. Um, yeah. So just like that aspect of changing our psychology and our habits, you know, that, that infiltrates the art world. And I don't know, I just, I feel like in in the future, you know, when people, when historians look back on this, there will be these like, this wide variety of different types of art that reflect you know what people were going absolutely. through absolutely really I mean kind of way. like
2: yes and w- what even is uh if it's not like just a form of processing and expression and mm-hmm. um but I was really because I know you know during that whole period like people were really like producing um you know because probably they they were processing and they needed to and I did want to have that distance because I definitely even though it's you know if I'm being 100% honest it what these recordings were taken when I wasn't allowed to to leave my little area. So you what <laughs> right, like you right, know right. they were taken in lockdown. I'm not going to lie, but um, at the same time, I love that what you said about there being distance because to me this is not a lockdown or pandemic album, but it absolutely has a link to that. And mm-hmm. it's not even about the pandemic or the lockdown. It's about like what how what the lockdown did for me, which was you know it when it takes away so much, all of a sudden you can be gifted with tiny details Mm -hmm. like when you're walking and you're hearing sounds and you're really observing things and really perceiving things and though you find beauty in those details when everything else is kind of going to shit yeah there is still beauty and so that's kind of what this album is about so it's 100% influenced by my experience but I agree I think that when historians look back on this period of time there will be so much art because and I think that's a wonderful wonderful thing because I just it, it feels I don't know I find it so encouraging this idea that people can take these difficult awful things and they process them and then they turn them into art like you know mm-hmm. whatever sort of art that is and it's art that is beautiful confronting painful you know it's just an expression it's like the best way to document how society is feeling really like to sum up the yeah. mood mm-hmm. to look at the yeah. artwork that they've produced
1: and i think you know one of the best things about art for me you know if, if some some one of the the things that makes me like particularly um you know, feel drawn to a piece or or relate to a piece or anything like that is um, it, when, when a piece of art can actually kind of recontextualize something for me that mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about and hadn't, like, expected it to do. Like, um, do you know who Tim Heidecker is? From oh, Tim and I Eric?
2: Tim. Oh, he's- yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he also,
1: yeah, he's a comedian, but he also makes yeah. music. Um, it's kind yeah. of like, um, like, you know uh just like late 70s kind of rock kind of stuff and he's mm-hmm. sometimes he's funny sometimes he's earnest but he's just he writes really he writes really interesting lyrics and music and stuff and he just released an album called High School which I wasn't really particularly excited about I was like oh like a retrospective thing but then I listened mm-hmm. to it again the other night in bed with headphones undivided attention listening to the whole thing mm-hmm. and it got me thinking about things you know he was hitting things about you know high school stuff which i never think about high school it was you know not mm-hmm. not for good or bad it's just like ugh, that's mm-hmm. just i what that wasn't me really i've become yeah. you know who i am now and i just but uh it made me kind of think about things and and kind of like recontextualize some things so i think like this album spectral like will be useful for people to listen to for these reasons that you just kind of explained of like this the 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 context in which you took the recordings and then having the distance to process it like I feel like that not only is it entertainment but it's some sort of like useful could be a useful tool for people or something
2: yeah I mean I like to me it's absolutely like therapy it Mm -hmm. it really absolutely is like writing my own music is therapy listening to other music people's music is therapy so yeah I, I I would love that like if people listened and yeah I don't think it's a morose or like depressing album or anything I think not at all no um yeah. no um and you know if, if people did listen and it brought them a sense of um I don't know like you know like calm or peace or, or, or whatever just if it, if it just yeah like spoke to people that would yeah that, that's that would be amazing that would be unbelievable
1: mm-hmm. um but can I just, just oh sorry yeah go for it
2: oh i was getting. this is like totally random but i think that you might appreciate this so all of the pieces on there are um from these field recordings except for one and it's the one that was released straight away which is a memory blown out Uh uh-huh which is the pure vocal track um Mm -hmm. and the way that one came about is i actually recorded that um like when i first moved to seattle I know you know this, but I did like a, I, I wrote a piece of music every week for a year. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, to just because I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to do something. Anyway, my week, I combined week seven and eight, um, and I'd never done, I'd never sung before into like, you know, a microphone. So I spent the two weeks doing this kind of choral piece. Mm -hmm. And I actually really liked it, but I never had released it. There was never an opportunity to release it. So it was actually um, a memory blown out. And what I did is I revisited that track and then I doubled it and then I um, re-pitched one of them down an octave and then I kind of warped some of the pitch a little bit as well. So Uh that track there and and the idea of that was firstly i got to release something that i've always you know 10 years later i still remembered that track and i always wanted to fit it in somewhere Uh and then it was kind of this idea of because the another theme of the album is just how you know your memories get um they change over time you know what 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 you remember something is not how you experienced it at the time your memory of that changes. And so um, and I actually really love this track firstly because I know that I created it in a tiny bedroom in s- Seattle. <laughs> so I remember that. Um and I remember I wasn't very happy at the time.
1: <laughs> but now
2: I, I but now I kind of have such fond memories of those times. Um mm-hmm. but the way I sort of like Mushed it together and sort of re pitched and stuff and recontextualized that so that even though it's like it doesn't have those field recordings, it still fits within the overall theme of the album. I don't I know why. That. I just want to tell you that. No, and, I love that. Yeah. I
1: love that. That's we're actually like this is going. I'm I don't, you know, this is this is the 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 Maddie interview, not not like the Tim tells all his cool stories, but I feel like within <laughs> this, uh, the context of everything we're starting or talking about is, um, So I do these like remote performances where I take my synth with a battery out into the nature and film and try to do like short little films. And um, I really started doing that a lot during the pandemic because there was nothing else to do. Um, So I had all this free time to do all these like, oh, I have time to work on the art. I'm going to take advantage of it. Um, And I haven't done one in a while. So I did some this last weekend and I was watching it and I was like, I was really trying to figure out if I was happy with it, if it was something that I'd want to release. So I went back um last night I was like I'm just going to watch through like you know my my collection of remote performances and see like what is it that I like about them um and want to keep trying to hone and what is it that I'm like okay this is a through line that I don't like and cut that out. Um I'm setting all this up just to say that I had never really thought about my my like the most of them being a dot like a basically like a documentation of seattle and particularly the areas oh, of seattle yes. that i was around during the pandemic but as i was watching it i was just like holy shit this is all just like a video and sound like journal about this time in this part of the world and i was like that that's so that's cool. really interesting to me so um yeah i'm wondering with because you know when did you start tracking this? If you were recording this during proper lockdown, then that was a while ago. So did you revisit and re-listen to these, like, with that distance that we're talking about? And did you have something yes. similar like that, what I just described?
2: Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. Like, um, I, I love that. And I love this idea of... Because normally, like, when I work on something, I'm very... <laughs> Single-minded and stubborn and focused. It's like I am working on this, (laughs) and I won't even work on another piece until I finish. Like in life, (laughs) I am a multitasker, but when it comes to music, I am a monotasker. Like, (laughs) so yes, absolutely. I took absolutely. It's the same thing. I took these recordings, didn't really know what I was going to do with them, and it was a long time, like at least six months, probably closer to. A year make yeah possibly even more like about a year to listen to um these and go what have, what do I have here like I really didn't give it another thought and like my phone was just full of like you know voice memos I didn't give mm-hmm. it another thought and then the thing that I really liked was as soon as I listened to these ones um there were a few that I did remember I'm like even though they sound similar i'm like oh, i do remember taking that particular one because i remember the beep, mm. the the beep of the um you know of something in particular and then i would i would remember how i felt when i took the recording but it was through yes. that prism of time right mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. that's that is that's completely it um and i love this idea of cuz i think we are very quick to self edit which is good. Mm-hmm. Like I self fit it all the time. So if I'm doing something, I can quite quickly come to a decision that I think this is rubbish, I'm going to chuck it, move on to something yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it's really good, and I don't do this a lot, but to go back to the thing that you thought was rubbish because you can salvage so much out of it.
1: Totally. Yes, absolutely. And,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes I just like a clean... Like, like I don't like having unfinished mm-hmm. projects. So in my mind, it's easy to say, you know what, that's rubbish. It's done. I'm sticking in the bin than to actually have a maybe pile. Um, but really, yeah. it, and this is this process has taught me that as well. Gone, like I could just have left those um, voice memos in my phone, never done anything with them. Would It wouldn't have right. affected me at all. But I'm really glad that for some reason when I wanted to start writing music, I thought well why don't I go back and have a look at these
1: that okay memos? so that's that's where I wanted to go next is that so where where did this as far as using the field recordings and the writing of this music like which came first the chicken or the egg here like were were you were you trying to write and then thought maybe oh maybe I'll revisit these these recordings and see if they're useful or did you just think I'm going to revisit these recordings just because I haven't listened to them and then that made you want to write around it or was like how what was that process
2: you know what it was because so I teach um at a like a university or a college here I teach um introduction to music production and we use the program yeah yeah it's really cool and we use the program um Ableton which Mm -hmm. I had used before. And then because I was teaching my students Ableton, I had to learn a lot about Ableton uh, and they had like, you know, this warp function, um, which mm-hmm. like all the other softwares do, they all, they all have it. Um, but I'd never used it in logic before. Mm-hmm. And then when it's just so I much easier learn, in
1: Ableton. Yeah. It I is feel really like it's easy. really it's like really laid easy. out for you to do it. Yeah.
2: It's really, yeah. So then when I was demoing, um, cause, cause I was teaching the whole way through, um, uh-huh. even like remotely and then I could see when I was sort of demonstrating how to use it f- to them that how all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is pretty amazing. Because like, before then I'd never really thought to really mess around with re- like field recordings
0: uh-huh. and
2: I think that was a moment where I thought, hey, I wonder what stuff I've got in my phone and all of a sudden rather than thinking really really big i just wanted to think really 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 small and go oh rather than look for you know new sounds and new synths and new i'm like oh what if i just make my own and so a lot of the other stuff is the, <coughs> pardon me it'll be a small sound that's then sample so i have lots of samples in there and mm. the original sample will be some sort of manipulated processed Field recording that I've turned into like a a synth or something that you know um, right so it it was kind of this idea that I learned this new technique and I thought oh I kind of really want to apply that so that's the point at which I'm like I'm gonna apply that and see if I can get some cool soundscapes going and once I got some cool soundscapes from my recordings then I'm like oh I just really really want to add some piano I just really Uh want to had it yeah, out like that so that's that's that. how it happened
1: that's so funny. I have a, like something mm-hmm. a little similar that I you yeah. know working for After Later Audio, we make modules and part of my job is to do the instructional videos. In fact, I was editing oh, one before we started talking just... and I'm going to try to finish yeah. it when we're done. Um, oh, awesome. <laughs> but what that does is it makes me learn something that I wouldn't have learned on my mm-hmm. own because I don't have that piece of gear or that like maybe that didn't speak to me like, oh, I don't really yeah. need that function, but then I learn how to use it and I'm like, oh, this is how I it, it, then I find a way to apply it to my own work and even find a kind of a new burst of inspiration out of a, a new process or, yes. or a new function or something like that. Um, and that's, a, seems like a real strong theme with you. Like that was something I also wanted to kind of like, double back on with you, uh, you're not like a huge gear head. You're not always getting new stuff. You're like way more interested in seeing like what you can do with what you have. Is that, am I, do I, am I remembering that that right? That is
2: absolutely, yes, you're absolutely right. Like I, although, um, I recently bought this, this is my idea of acquiring gear, I recently bought this beautiful um a cassette a vintage cassette player because yes so because I had this idea that I wanted to um when I'm playing live because you can't have piano most of the time so I and I um wanted to have like cassettes live so Mm -hmm. I'm gonna you know I've been recording some soundscapes. To cassettes which have this kind of beautiful like warmth but also this kind of warpiness to them as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but you're right. So this entire album was phone, laptop and piano.
1: Okay. That's and it. is it still that you have like a Nord 3 or something like that? Is that right? Or? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nord stage. Nord Stage. Oh, Nord
1: Stage. Okay. And yeah. um you were playing some guitars on that last track is is guitar, right? That's
2: my brother. That's my oh. brother.
1: Beautiful, beautiful yeah. chords in yes. that song. That's gorgeous. He was, he
2: was kind I think because he's sort of like a jazz guitarist, Anthony. Uh-huh. Um, and I said, I'll come over and record some guitar. And um, I thought it was beautiful. And then after he's like, Oh my god, that was just me. Just he's like, I didn't know you were gonna use it for um a, a track. He's like, I can do something better. And I'm like, no, um, because he can't. he's amazing, but I'm like, no, but I want that. I that it's those I, I chords was beautiful. I love are it. just yeah.
1: gorgeous yeah
2: absolutely yeah, gorgeous yeah. it was really yeah, happy he's a, to... he's a yeah he's a jazz um uh guitar well he p- plays all sorts but he's a jazz guitarist so I just thought it was amazing he just picks it up and just a few chords with a few extra notes will just make it mm-hmm. kind of
1: yeah different and to anything
2: I I would write yeah
1: isn't is that the last track right?
2: Mm, yes. Rip.
1: I love yeah. that. That's how it finishes. Cause like, like you said, yeah. there's like this through line and even though every, every track stands on its own as its own individual piece, there is definitely like a, a palette that this album mm. kind of uses throughout. And it was just yes. kind of a cool way. Cause like that guitar fits into that palette, but it hadn't shown up yet. So it's just kind of like a good farewell to to the whole thing which i just yeah like you know track order is so important and i just thought that was a really nice decision but speaking of gear i want to show you something
2: oh yes i'd love to see okay you've gone all like a little bit glitchy now so i can't see very well oh no am i back uh i can see that you're holding something Okay, I can't see with that. Is that an artwork?
1: It is. is an artwork that's also a synthesizer. Am I clear what? yet?
2: No, but I can see this beautiful. Like it's fun. oh no, it's kind of fuzzy. But okay, what? let me
1: know when I'm back. So I think the, like you just talking about not really getting into gear made me want to be like, well, Maddie, there's a piece of gear that I think you'd really like. Um, I think I need.
2: <laughs> but the other thing, the other thing that I'm actually going to get into, I know this is um, field recording microphones.
1: Yeah, uh, especially we, the
2: one underwater. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'll I'll send I'll get you a little um I'll get you a little like uh, uh n- like document together of like what I have and like what's out there with links and stuff and uh,
2: that would be amazing because I yeah. am actually trying to just you know just softly softly oh I'll tell you my new um uh my new thing though it's just here oh my gosh I do love this it's not I wouldn't call it gear it's a midi controller ring do you know these midi controller oh, rings
1: is it a, yeah, the a genki way- ring yeah yeah
2: yeah yes yeah. yes yes so this one um so it's a genki wave by genki so i've actually got two of them and it just sits on your finger and then you Decide what MIDI parameters you want it to control. So, like tremolo, or you know, you can have right, a filter yeah. or something. And so you wave your hand around and it makes these amazing changes in sound.
1: That's yeah, um, I, I, I to have one of those. To... I had them on the show. Oh, actually. do you? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, are you serious?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, um, I'm going go to go for the Yeah. Oliver. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think that's, that's his so thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, mm. Am I clear? Can you see me again?
2: No, I can't. Really? It just got worse. That's crazy yeah, I mean, I because my sound like, yeah. got better.
1: That's so crazy. Let me see. Maybe oh, your I, sound's
2: been good. Though. Oh, hang on. Now you've hang on.
1: I tried to turn the camera off did. and turn it back on to oh. see if if that would refresh something, but um, mm. that's okay. Uh, it's called the Enter. E N N E R. It's by Soma Laboratories. They're oh, like a Russian yeah. company. And this thing is um, only made to order. They're not in stores. Oh, so you yeah. have to like special order it. But it's basically, it's all capacitive touch. So none of it won't make a sound unless you bridge an output to some of the, or an, uh, yeah, an output to the inputs. Um, so wow. there's like filters and delays and there's like these pulse width generators. But the coolest part is there's a piezo. And there's like a spring and you can wrap rubber bands around the knobs and turn it into like this weird harp um what? and then there's an uh an input for an external input so you can process all sorts of stuff through it and it's just absolutely gorgeous but it's just a it's whole gorgeous. new way I mean- yeah it's it's crazy um let's see i'm gonna send you a, a link in the chat so you can check it out yes please. Um, but it's, yeah, it's super, super cool. Um, but yeah, I could just, I, mean, like I, I could was. just, I could see you really utilizing this in a, a really cool way. Um,
2: I feel like I'm just very slow to get my head around things sometimes. And now I'm only just going, oh, maybe I can.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of, you had a, you got a no coast. Are you, are you still messing with that at all? I Don't even I maybe-
2: ask, oh, oh, I'm just looking at that. That is absolutely gorgeous.
1: This pyramid here, the, the very bottom base of it is a noise output, a pink noise output, but then everything else above it is uh, your gateway to the output. So these are basically the outputs. Um, so wow. from the bottom going up the bottom, uh, so each, and you can see it's divided into two sides. Once you're past the base yeah. of the pyramid, that's the left and yeah. right stereo channels and as you go up it goes from low pass to like band pass to high pass to no filter and then it goes into this weird delay it's just it is unlike anything i've ever messed with it's it's real special
2: that is gorgeous that's amazing
1: maybe i'll with your permission maybe i'll uh, do a little remix of one of your tracks just with that like just process (gasps) it through there
2: I love that. I would
1: love that. I should do that for the love for that. the patch challenge cuz I didn't ask you if you wanted to make a piece of music for the show and I don't want to bombard you with that. Um, cuz I also want no, to edit I'm, it today. No, I'd love to. Um
2: Oh, you want to edit today?
1: Yeah, I want to get it I want to get it out cuz I don't actually have an episode for next week, so this is perfect timing. <laughs> and I want and I awesome. want to get yours out um in time to for you know to be timely with the release. Oh, um, thank
2: you.
1: So I thought but I would you place your time tracks. today. Um I'll make time because it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to go grocery well, shopping before my wife gets home, and then <laughs> then I'll I'll be good. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, we're closing in on an hour, and um, I we really naturally got to get to everything about the album that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, is there anything mm-hmm. that we that you were hoping to to say about it or anything like that, or anything you want to scream from the modular mountaintops before we sign off?
2: Um, I really like this one. I'm really happy with this album. So, Good. yeah, and I thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, listening to it. Probably uh, my biggest thanks would be um, Lawrence English from Room 40 because I'm releasing through Room 40. Okay. Lawrence is just, oh, he's unbelievable. If you don't know his stuff already, he's, like, really the a big head honcho of, like, field recordings and um, okay. everything on Room 40 is is. Amazing. Oh, I'll uh, have to check that but out. No, yeah. I'm just, yeah, please do. I think you will absolutely love it. In fact, I think there's a band camp today. There's a band camp um, article on field recordings.
1: Oh, cool. Just today. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm going to check and that Lawrence out. And Lawrence is
2: on there. It's, Lawrence is on there as well.
1: Cool. Yeah, I'm so, um, I'm like, I'm like months behind where you're at because I've been just collecting these field recordings. I've done some, I've used like, I've made two tracks so far using field recordings.
2: Yeah, but, but you've it's done been a while the hard work. That, that's the hard well, work
1: well i feel like the hard
2: work is coming through it well no actually no, the hard work is yeah, <laughs> yeah no that's, a, that's actually the hard work and the hard work is like you know i'll be listening and then i'm like and there'll be something really loud and yeah. oh i just got to tell you one other thing that i found that was like really beautiful was this creaking um creaking gate and it was making oh, yeah. n- like y- like notes because when you listen to this stuff, you all of a sudden realize there's lots of like tonal notes and stuff that totally. will just kind of emerge. And if you sample that and then you turn it into like a keyboard or something,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, actually I want to do your uh, uncle so good, all right? Yeah, <laughs> I want to do one uh, called just around the house, like do a, like an EP called around the house because like yes. our washer makes a crazy noise and our ice machine sounds crazy and our ceiling fan actually <laughs> like when I was laying down in bed. And our ceiling fan was going downstairs. And I thought I had left some like experimental music playing downstairs. And it's just like the motor of this old ceiling fan. And I'm like, I have to record that. You
2: have Um, to record that. But I just keep
1: finding new things to record and never go back to listen to the
2: recordings. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Someday.
1: Oh, well right well i'll put all the <laughs> links and everything to the show dis- in the show description but um, Maddie, it's always a pleasure to to get to hang out with you for an hour and uh yeah thanks for so absolutely much Absolutely my back pleasure. On. Thank
2: you so much. Like i love being on your show and yeah thanks so much. It's so good well, to chat. So good uh, yeah, to Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Well this this hopefully won't be the last. I mean as, as long as you're putting out records you're always welcome here. <laughs> I, um well, I guess that sounded a weird. No, you don't have to put out records either, uh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you've got, you've got the will. open door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you'll ever be able to stop.
2: I don't think so. I think, I think something you, bad would happen if I stopped.
1: I think you and I are similar in that I describe it to yep. people as, a, as more of a compulsion than a desire.
2: Oh, <gasps> absolutely, absolutely. Like if I don't do it, something will snap. Yeah. Inside me and it won't be pretty so it is a compulsion <laughs> so it's just like a lovely compulsion at the moment where people are happy to sort of yeah. indulge me later on it might be not so people may not be so indulgent <laughs>
1: All right, that's our show. Thank you so much to Maddie for coming back. Please check out all the links in the show description to her various albums, including her new album, Spectral. Once again, huge thanks to Patchworks for their their continued support. Please visit them online at patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com, and of course, After Later Audio for their continued support of Podular Modcast. Please visit them at AfterLaterAudio.com. Check out the YouTube so you can see my recent demo videos. Um, Also, thank you for listening. I couldn't do the show. Well, I could, but it would be fairly... Uh, pointless to do it without you. Um, And then finally, thank you to all the Patreon subscribers. You're making the world go round. Um, And speaking of, uh, the costs of recording or producing this podcast have gone up because of the amount of episodes that I have released. Uh, I had to bump up to the Ultra Pro account for my podcast provider, which actually, it went from a fairly, like, very, very cheap service to kind of like a, oh, shit. Okay, I guess I'm really doing this. Um, so if you'd like to jump on the Patreon uh, to help do that uh, or help help me do that, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash podular Don't forget about Velocity Seattle. You can get your tickets at velocityseattle.com. Thank you to Nathan Moody for mixing my uh, new track that, or excuse me, mastering my new track that was mixed by Hugo over at tiny crush mixing you know if you mention that you heard about either of them on podular modcast you can get a discount off of your first mix or master so links to that in the show description and speaking of a mix and master why don't we get into that track that uh, Hugo mixed for me and that Nathan mastered it's about nine minutes long and it's a real journey and it gets real weird but I like it you know You know, I hope hope I like it. It's my music. I wouldn't release it if I didn't like it. How's that? Um, So yeah, here we go. Let's check out my tentatively named Nostalgia, because my friend Steven named it. I don't really like that name, Um, but for now it's called Nostalgia. So here we go. Let's get into it. there it is thank you so much for listening to podular modcast and if you made it this far then here's an extra special secret word for the uh the instagram post so the secret words you comment on the instagram post to show that you made it all the way to the end of the episode this one is going to be actually a uh a phrase um and it's going to be just spiked hair baby but you have to elongate the E on baby. So spiked hair, baby, with like at least three exclamation marks. But anything above three exclamation marks, you get bonus points for. So keep that in mind because those bonus points will come in to play later on in life. Um, until next week.